0: Real quick, before we dive into this episode of the podcast, be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Know what really sells your product or service? It's not marketing or ads. It's you, your blog, your social feeds, your podcast. These are all ways we try to share ourselves and our value and build trust with an audience. But what if you could go even further? What if you could connect with potential clients or customers in a way that's even more personal, more engaging, more effective? That's where webinars come in. Hosting a live lesson, product showcase, or Q&A session is the best way to share yourself and prove yourself to an audience. But wait, you're thinking, aren't webinars a giant pain? Yes. Yes, they are, but not with Webinar Ninja. Webinar Ninja has one job, to make webinars easy for you it's the user friendliest software ever created for webinars so you can focus on your audience not the tech here's the best part you can use webinar ninja absolutely free just head to webinar ninja.com forward slash sarah where you can sign up for webinar ninja's new free plan share yourself prove yourself earn the trust that creates customers and inspires loyalty head to webinar ninja.com forward slash sarah and sign up today Welcome to the Frugalpreneur podcast. I'm your host Sarah St. John and my guest today is a list building and lead generation expert. Welcome Ginny Wright. Hello.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: So can you give us a little bit of background history and how you became a list building and lead generation expert?
1: Completely by accident. So didn't even mean for this to happen. I actually thought I was going to be a coach and I was going to teach people about marketing and I was struggling to find clients. I ended up being, if you can believe it, I started doing gigs on Fiverr way back in the day, right? So Fiverr, you were getting like five bucks a gig, but the company was taking like a buck 33. So do the math. But I started working on Fiverr in the beginning doing odd and random jobs for people, analyzing their websites and things like that. And eventually somebody hired me and I was able to get my gig price up because of experience. And somebody actually hired me to research experts for an online summit. I was like, what the heck is an online summit? So this is way back in like 2012. And I started figuring out what this was. And then they invited me to check out this group coaching program. And I got the behind the scenes look of list building, like literally list building, like 1.0 kind of thing. And it was great because I was learning all this stuff and I picked up the tech really, really fast. And the next thing I know, I was their resource person for this larger coach that was doing online summits. And I had like 30 clients right away from zero to like 30 clients and list building uh, and lead generation doing mostly summits. So I kind of learned in the moment and, and sort of trial by a fire, you know, sink or swim, which I'm totally cool with, I'm good at that. And that's sort of how it became a thing. Now, how I became an expert at it was when I decided that the way that people were doing it wasn't working anymore. So the style of on the online summits stopped working the way that they were actually originally done back in the day, it stopped working a number of years ago, but five years ago. And a new system needed to be developed, a new system based on transparency and connection and relationships. So I kind of dove into that and created my own system. And then I've made it to here. So here we are.
0: (laughs) Is that the thrive framework? Is that the system?
1: Yeah, that's part of it. Absolutely. That's I mean, if we yeah, we break it down, it can break into that sort of that thrive framework, which is part of the uh, framework I use with Alison Lex, who is the co-host for the podcast that I have called System to Thrive. And um, the Thrive framework actually came together during the pandemic. So Alison Lex and I are, you know, she's a copywriter. I build funnels and I do list building and lead generation. And when the pandemic hit, everybody got a little skittish about selling. Everybody got a little skittish about asking for money, about list building. Everybody was in this sort of like wait and see mode. Don't blame them. Totally get it. But a lot of us can't do wait and see when a hundred percent of our income comes from an online business so we had to find a way to be connecting with people because there were still people who wanted to spend money and in actual fact quite a few businesses actually made more money during the pandemic than before so the thrive framework was actually created to keep not only our businesses running but also to service people and clients out there that still needed what we were doing but in a more relationship and authentic and transparent way.
0: Okay. Does that stand for something? Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E? Yes.
1: It's an acronym. Oh, you don't want- No, 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 I I love acronyms, except for the fact that I never remember them. Alison, my co-host, she remembers them completely. I have a terrible memory and she just, she can rattle it, but I know like T is for transparent, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Please don't ask me to tell you what it is. I just can't. I don't remember. I can never, oh, I've never fine. in my life been able to remember acronyms.
0: Which is funny because isn't that the whole reason for acronyms is so it helps you remember stuff.
1: Yep. So I went through French immersion when I was a kid and we had to learn Mrs. Vander Tramp, which was a way to think about verb allocations in French language or Madame Vander Tramp in French. I have no idea what it was. I could not remember it. I was, you know, <laughs> 12 years old, 13 years old. I've never been able to remember acronyms my whole life. I don't know why. It just doesn't compute.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no worries. I won't ask. <laughs> it's okay. I, I was just curious. So I was looking on your website, which, by the way, is jennywright.com or systemtothrive.com. Which yeah. which one do you prefer?
1: Right now, at the time we're recording this, jennywright.com it looks like a hot mess. And it's because it's being redone. So system to thrive is where I like people to go. Jenny, okay. got hacked and is, oh, wow. yeah. And, and it's being rebuilt from the ground up. So right now it just looks like a terrible looking blog and it will eventually okay. have a new look and face, hopefully in the very near future. But at the time I'm, I'm just recommending people see system to thrive because it actually looks like something.
0: Okay. So maybe it was that website I was looking at and it was kind of breaking down some different things about like list building and lead generation. And I had some curiosity about like one of the points was organic marketing secrets that help you, that will save you from ever having to pay for an ad. Can you kind of go over that? Yes, that's one. Yes.
1: Yes, I will. Absolutely. And by the way, I found the acronym. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll answer your question in just a second. So T is for transparent. R is for resources i is for invite instead of command v is for value or sorry yeah v is for value and then e is for engage so there okay i found okay. it okay <laughs> it's actually <laughs> on the website so to answer your question about organic traffic versus ads i can't for the life of me again this is another a learning deficit for me is i don't understand the algorithms of facebook ads mm. i never have i've never successfully personally like myself doing it i've never been able to have a successful ads campaign now. I've worked with people who are much better at this, who can help me, and I have had Facebook ads work for me. But I'm one of those people that if I can't find a solution in a normal way, I will work my tail off to figure out another way, right? And so for me, organic traffic became the thing. And organic traffic, we can rely on pretty consistently to get us you know, in front of our ideal client, connecting with our leads and getting people to convert into our programs, products, and services. So ads ads are great, but with organic traffic, what we can normally do is if we promote the right way to the right people, we can usually get our leads for approximately $2 or less, okay? So that is really niching in, speaking only to the people who actually need what we need, you know, what we have and what we wanna provide, developing real relationships with people, on a very organic level, like I actually care about you as a person, right? Versus I don't care, I just want numbers. And providing something for people in the right time at the right place, when they're at that right spot in their journey for what they need. So even though ads do that as well, there is a, there's it's one step removed in some ways from that personal attention that you can create online. So as an example, doing Facebook lives is a form of highly organic traffic, getting on Facebook lives or IG lives and welcoming people in and saying, Sarah, I'm so glad you're here. How's it going? You know? And if Sarah shows up regularly, be like, tell me about the thing what's going on. How are you doing? You know, like, how is the such and such on the house going? How's the such and such with the pet going and connecting with people on a personal level. You can't do that with paid traffic but you can really do that with organic traffic. And what you do is you create raving fans. Raving fans tell more people about you, and that is a really great form of organic traffic and it actually costs you nothing. So I work on those relationships. If I never, ever, ever get a Facebook ad to work for me ever in the future, which I will, because I have, but if I never do ever again, I have my raving fans and I have my organic traffic. And when I put something out, people, because I've put in the time, listen, Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, if you already have an audience, I think nurturing those people, you know, like you said, with the lives and whatnot. But I guess what are some ways to actually get people to begin with into your, I mean, I guess through podcasting and guest podcasting, that's one way. But what are some other ways to, sure. I guess, be seen or to get people into your world
1: yeah so that can be challenging in the beginning so it's have you ever tried to get on like a 10-speed bike and you've got on the 10-speed bike when you're at like the base of a hill and you're literally trying to go uphill Mm -hmm. it is really hard to get the gears going right it's literally impossible to get any momentum but if you start that sort of a little bit earlier when you're on a flat piece of you know surface you can get up some speed before you hit the hill. Starting from nothing feels like you're at the base of the hill. And what I recommend that people do is create consistency, right? So if you always want to be getting on that 10 speed right at the base of the hill and you have no momentum, don't be consistent. If you want to create consistency, consistency equals momentum. So even though the first you know, little while of posting online Will feel like you're talking to nothing, to dead air. People are actually starting. People will start to see it, and we're playing the long game. Okay, so this is a marathon, not a sprint. And when we start posting things online, and I'll give you an example. So social media. So posting on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram, which is where my audiences are. My audiences are not on TikTok. So guess where I'm not. <laughs> I'm nowhere near TikTok. My audiences are not on Twitter. I don't spend time on Twitter. Right. Even though it might be fun to hang out on those on those platforms, I spend no time where my clients are not. So I'm always where my clients are. And by creating consistent content that is of value, and even if it sucks in the beginning, who cares? Just start doing it, and slowly by like slowly inch by inch, you'll start to create your repository of information. And when like, say that, say you did this, Sarah, and then I went to your Instagram, and I was like, Oh, okay, who's this? Who's this person? And I start scrolling backwards through your Instagram, and I'll see that you consistently provide value, you've got some good reels, you've got great posts, they're fun and interesting, and I can connect with them. They're not silly, or you know, they're not way out of whack for what it is that you're doing. Then I'll be like, Oh, yeah, that gets a follow. And now I'm starting to follow your content going forward people tend to look at your stuff and they'll go backwards. Like on my business page on Facebook, people will go back and see that I was doing a Facebook Live, you know, very, very often, very, you know, with a lot of consistency. So this this method takes time. Now, the best method now is a combinational, like a combination method. So, and this works for authors, coaches, freelancers, where you're doing organic marketing. And if you can, complement it with some paid traffic for exposure. It may not necessarily be to a landing page to get a conversion. It might be to get people to get to know you more. And having a complementary style tends to boost those efforts, right? So paid Facebook, paid traffic can be challenging. Organic traffic can be very challenging. But if you look at maybe like having the two kind of come together a little bit, and only spending like a dollar a day on the paid traffic kind of side while you're working on the organic it tends to boost things and make things go faster so you're getting on that 10 speed bike more on the on the straight and level before you hit a hill does that make sense yeah
0: it does i like that analogy it helps to kind of have that visual there so how does one figure out where their customers clients followers subscribers whatever are what social media platform they are i guess it Depends on where you're getting the most, like, I guess, comments and likes. That's how you can kind of figure that out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bit of trial and error. You know, there was a long time when I first started this business back in 2012 where, you know, I was like, Instagram is not where my audience is. My audience is strictly on Facebook. Well, that's actually not true. My audience, by trial and error, I found that I do have an audience on Instagram. And even though up until, you know, the not so distant past, me spending time on Instagram was nothing but me just looking for entertainment. Me posting on it was something I just didn't want to do. I was like, I don't have time for this. This is a pain in my butt. I don't really want to spend time on this. I don't want to create reels. I don't want to do carousels. I don't want to do all this kind of stuff. But somebody pushed me very, very hard. And that person was like, just do it. Just 30 days, just commit to 30 days of consistent posting, whatever the consistency is. I was like, okay, four times a week, I'll do that and see what happens. Well, they proved me wrong so badly that I had to say, yeah, okay, my ideal client is on Instagram, crap. Now I have to do this too, right? I I was like, oh crap, here we go. So I had to commit to it because I proved to myself that they were there. So, and a lot of people give up too early right so they'll participate in trying to put stuff on the platform they'll do one post nothing will happen that's see see it didn't work they're not there but that's not how you engage people on social media you have to engage them over a longer period of time to to see that and now i'm now i fully commit to the instagram thing i fully could i fully do the third platform that i was like heck no was linkedin it's like "Ah, my people aren't on there you know when i worked in gold mining back in the day in corporate I used LinkedIn. I used LinkedIn to find jobs. I used LinkedIn to congratulate my, you know, my fellow staff and everything on what they were doing, reading articles, being part of groups. But I didn't think as an entrepreneur that my clients would be on there, but they are. A gentleman that is uh, running a SaaS uh, platform company, he found me on LinkedIn, messaged me. We set up a call. He's like, yeah, I think I want to work with you. Like, okay. Clubhouse is another good example. When Clubhouse first started, oh my gosh, the craze. Oh my God, I couldn't even keep up. I got on there in January. It was insane. It was just crazy on there. It was just, I mean, you opened up a room and you had 50 people right away. You could do no wrong, basically. It was really, really cool and fun. I closed a bunch of clients off of that just by getting social and getting into their DMs and talking to them on Instagram because those two platforms connect. And then we've seen a huge decrease in in Clubhouse recently. Hmm. So that sort of taken off a little bit. But do you sort of see like you have to, you have to try it out and see and I even resisted Clubhouse because I'm not usually an early adapter. So you, you have to do that trial and error to see where people can actually connect with you. And consistency is always going to be the thing that's going to make it work.
0: Yeah, I think I found that LinkedIn for me has been, you know, it's funny because LinkedIn has existed for forever. But It wasn't until recently that it's even, I feel like doing anything, you know, it's like all of a sudden now, I don't know if they improve a bunch of stuff or what. Yeah. And then with Clubhouse, I was actually going to ask you your thoughts on that, but you already gave them. Yeah. I've heard now I'm on Clubhouse. I haven't done a room yet, but I've been thinking about it, but yeah, I've heard that, you know, it was really popular in the beginning and now it's kind of, I don't know. And then of course, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Twitter spaces.
1: Yep. Twitter spaces. Those, Yeah. And then Facebook's going to have its own kind of version of the clubhouse kind of thing at some point. I think what happens is that the early adapters, just the same with TikTok, just the same with YouTube, Instagram as well. Early adapters tend to take up space And they get a lot of the the bigger audiences, right? So if you get on there early, you can grow that audience. I know somebody, one of my friends who like went gangbusters on Clubhouse in the beginning has like 15,000 people following her, right? And it's working for her. She's she's doing amazing on it, but she's put in the time. You know, I was doing uh, one room a week and I was modding two other rooms a week. And yeah, it was getting me followers. And like I said, I closed a bunch of clients from it. Which was great. But because I wasn't spending enough time generating enough, I don't know, people to follow me and people to connect with me and things like that, the rooms, for me at least, when I was running my own, seemed to drop off a little bit in terms of who would show up. Because quite honestly, there's so much choice now. You know, when we first got on this thing back in January, it was whoever was there and there wasn't that many people and you didn't have many choices of what rooms you wanted to go in. Now there's clubs and rooms and all this kind of stuff and people are inundated. So there's there's more action for the same or even a less amount of people. And there's actually some figures that came out recently about, about Clubhouse that in the first three or four months since its inception, they had X amount of years, users join it, like 10 million users or something like that. And then in the same period for the next three months, those numbers were pretty much half, mm. right? So we saw less users getting on the platform than in the first couple of months. So there's more rooms, there's more groups, there's more clubs and all this kind of stuff, but there's less new fresh users. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a thing, there's, there's a disconnect that's happening in there. Uh, I don't know if that's gonna go back up when at the time that we're recording this, it's still only available for iPhone, and I don't know if that's going to change when it opens up for Android. We might see another boost, a swell when Android comes on board, or we'll see. We're not sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious about that as well. If that will increase or and but then of course with Twitter Spaces and whatever the thing that Facebook's coming out with, and I think Mark Cuban is also coming out with something called Fireside Chat or something, which is like Clubhouse. It's yeah. so it's like all this all right way to go cuban (laughs) as if he doesn't already have 100 million businesses already right (laughs) okay so we've talked a little bit about social media for you know lead generation list building what about the online summits can you tell us a little bit about summits what exactly they are how to you know, get speakers for one how that will grow your your list and leads?
1: Oh, yes, yes. How many episodes do you want to talk about it? (laughs) Because I could do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) This is a huge topic. It's a huge Mm -hmm. topic. I actually recorded an episode of my own podcast this morning with my co host. And it was about a summit structure. And I was looking back to find resources in our other episodes and i found like nine other episodes where we talked about summits so it's a really big topic and i'll i'll try and compress this as much as i possibly can summits are an online list build if you don't know what they are they're an online list build where you are leveraging the lists and the followings of other experts to help build your own so you're the host and what you do is you pre-record or you can do them live but jenny says pre-record for your sanity pre-record your interviews with experts. So anywhere between 15 and 30 experts, you pre-record these interviews or sessions. And then those sessions will get released at a later date in the future, about three or four months away. When it gets to the promotional time of that summit, so pick a date in the future, June 6th or something, and it goes to launch during that promotional time, which is a few weeks leading up to that launch, your experts and you promote it online. Your experts promote it to their email list, to their social following. And the, and the role that they do is to tell everybody so that people will go to the landing page and they'll register. So again, we're trying to get the experts to promote. You're the host, you're providing a great deal of content. And as a result, people from your experts' lists and followings sign up. When they sign up, they're now on the host's email list. So the host has built their email list and they're the host of the event and they provide the content. Summits can launch businesses. Summits can scale businesses. Summits can launch programs, products, and services. So I've done all of these things. I've done about 300 summits. And the goal is always the same. Attract your ideal client, get them to sign up, nurture them, and then provide an offer that fits reasonably within what it is that they need at the time. Trying to get experts is an incredible topic. Because, as we all know, experts run the gamut—from you know Tony Robbins as an example, or Marie Forleo, or you know yourself, right? Or myself—we can be termed as experts in our fields. There's different levels of experts. The old way of doing summits was get 21 experts. They each had to have a list of 5,000 people. They had to promote with two posts or two emails to their list and three social media posts that way doesn't work anymore. Okay, We need 25 experts, 20 to 30 experts. Some people just go as low as 15, but I recommend 20 to 30 experts. And list size doesn't matter. Can I put this in caps, bold, underlined, highlighted? List size is not the factor that you should be thinking about. If you come to me and say, Jenny, my expert, I just got a new expert for my summit and they've got a list of 45,000 people, but then I go to their business page on Facebook and I go to their Instagram and I see that they have zero interaction, or if I sign up for their email list and their emails are like wet cardboard, I don't care how many people they have on their list, it's not gonna matter. We need interaction. So instead of looking for people with a list of 5,000 or 30,000 or 45,000, look for the people. I call them my worker bees. Look for the people who are hungry to get exposure, who have an engaged list, who are willing to do the work. And the work means promoting the summit, doing facebook lives with you doing an ig live telling their followings about this emailing their list at multiple times engaging in the facebook group showing up to live panels if you have live panels and collaborating with you you want people to collaborate not just show up for 30 minutes for a session and then see you know say sayonara have a nice life so you're actually cultivating relationships every single one of the experts that have been on my events minus the few bad apples that kind of slip in there sometimes I have relationships with and friendships, and I've done JVs, and I connect with them on a regular basis, and we support each other, right? So picking experts is not about you thinking about the outcome. You know, if I have ten experts with fifty thousand people on their list, I have X amount of exposure, and I should get X amount of signups. That actually doesn't work anymore. Forty-five thousand person list does not equal you know you getting ten percent of that list anymore. If that is not an engaged list, it's not going to work. So getting experts for a summit which was part of your question means building relationships and that starts before you even put pen to paper on what you want to do for your summit right or connecting with people it's about you know if i want sarah on my summit you guys for all of you listening i want sarah on my next summit i'm going to be darn sure that i'm going to go to her facebook profile i'm going to like her business page i'm going to go to one of her webinars i'm going to check out her articles on her website I'm gonna to listen to the podcast and leave a review. I'm gonna make sure that she starts to see my name pop up on her IG or on her Facebook. I'm gonna start connecting. Then I can DM her, be like, hey, how's it going? I think you're awesome. You know, I really love the fact that we both love whatever, roses or the color purple or whatever it is, right? Like right now we actually match. I think we're both wearing plum, right? So <laughs> we both love the color plum and we match. Like you kind of build that rapport, okay? then you get to make the ask. And that's probably one of the best ways I can recommend that you do it. So be very careful about the experts that you do. Now, your other question in that is how we get leads from a summit. And we were talking about the credibility transfer and the transfer of people from the following and the list of your experts over to you. So that is a big part of getting leads from a summit, but it has to be something that's interesting, right? So you and I, Sarah and I are both in the same niche. We talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about podcasting, we actually talk about authorship too, like how to grow, you know, a business through authorship, we both talk about both like all of those topics, which means we're in the same niche. Now, if Sarah was teaching how you know how to do underwater underwater basket weaving, she would not be in my niche. And even though she might be really attractive to me as an expert because she has a great following and when she puts a post out, hundreds of people like it, I still can't have her on my summit because if my ideal client is not on Sarah's list, then it makes no sense. Sarah has to have my exact ideal client on her list and in her following for her to be an expert on my event. That is the number one rule. And so that's something to think about. You can have 30 experts, but if they're not niched in, you're gonna have a list build of 162 people and you're gonna feel like it's been a big waste of your time. If you have a niched in group, highly motivated, like I was talking about before, you can end up with multiple hundreds, several thousands of people on your list and have a huge and wonderful and incredibly niched in list build that generates income for the next six to 12 months.
0: Yeah, that's helpful information. I definitely agree. Yeah, it needs to be, obviously, it needs to be someone in your niche. Otherwise, that makes no sense. It's kind of funny that you mentioned underwater basket weaving because I feel like that's the example that everybody uses for it being not your relevant audience. And it's like, I don't, I didn't even yeah. know what that even was until recently. But
1: it's the uh, example people use because it's so far out there right. that it would be hard to associate with it. So it it really sort of pins the point that that's that's really outside of your niche.
0: Mm -hmm. So then how do you ensure that the experts on the summit actually share, like what motivates them to share, um, you know, on social media and to their email list about this summit? Uh, Because I know like when I have podcast guests on, I'll always when the episode goes live, I send them the link and just say, you know, I'd love it if you shared it with your audience as well. And people share it maybe like half the time. I don't know; it depends. So, because I've <laughs> oh, seen sister, that, I get you there. <laughs> so, because I've seen that, I'm kind of wondering, well, what what makes the summit different? What gets them to share that out to their
1: audience? There's two distinct things that make that happen. Actually, there's three. One is the exposure element. So as the host, with 30 experts as an example, and if we assume that 90% of our experts will promote, okay, that's usually how it works. 90 95% of the experts will promote, there's always one that pretends the dog ate their homework, (laughs) and just tries to skirt on through. They're not my favorite people, but it happens occasionally. So, if 90% of your experts promote, and that means that there's, you know, if there's 30 experts, and let's just average each expert out at around 3,000 people, right? That's a good sized amount of exposure. And the exposure is one of the biggest factors. So, if I want to get in front of Sarah's people, because I really like Sarah's people, by having her on my event, I get in front of Sarah's people because she's going to tell them, come check out my interview on Jenny's Summit. And by that nature, like just by that fact alone, and they come check it out because every, all of Sarah's people love Sarah. will come check Sarah out on this thing. Cause she's going to talk about something super cool. I, you know, I start to get access to that audience and then it's my job to win them over. Number two is affiliate. So if you're doing an online summit, it's completely free to register, but most people do what's called an all access pass or a VIP pass which means it's free to register but if you want to get some extra fun goodies it's going to cost you 27, 37, 47, 97, okay? Experts can receive approximately 40 to 50% of the commission earned from their link. So, if they promote more and more people buy the VIP through their affiliate link, they earn more money. So I actually had three of my experts in my most recent summit that happened in April that decided to have a friendly competition. And they were just like, I'm gonna beat your butt. No, I'm gonna beat your butt. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna and then the other third person was like, I'm gonna kick all your butts. And they started promoting on, I was like, yes, go for it. And they started promoting like crazy. And one of them actually really got far ahead and she was promoting like nuts. And she got the most affiliate commission as, as well, because she was talking about it a lot. She's like, come join this free online event, but don't forget, like grab the VIP where you get these extra goodies and blah, blah, blah. So these people become motivated salespeople for you. Can you imagine? Not only are they helping promote your event, but now they're motivated to sell for you. That's awesome, that's mm. power. And then the last thing is relationships. If you take the time to get vested with your with your experts and understand who they are and comment on the fact that they've got a cute pug or, you know, oh, we have the same you know, t shirt color or, oh, I love skiing, too. Like this happened with me. This actually happened with an expert when I actually got on a pre call, which is the call you have before the, the interviews. And we were talking, she's like, yeah, I'm going away this weekend with my husband. I said, where are you going? She's like, oh, we're gonna go skiing. And I'm like, you like skiing? She's like, yeah, I love skiing. And we just talked, she was a semi-professional skier back in the day. And we were talking about skiing. Did that expert, like, can I just tell you that that expert became one of the most highly motivated experts on my event, constantly trying to help me, going live, messaging me and going, hey, what can I do today to make your summit better? What now? Oh, yes, please. We could go live together. Yeah, we did multiple lives. Like they just get really vested. So again, it's it's exposure, affiliate, and relationships. And if you work on all those three, your experts are going to feel incredibly motivated to help promote your event.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. It's funny that you brought up a cute pug. I don't know if you've been on my Instagram or what, but I have a pug. Did did you happen to know that? I didn't
1: mention it by my mistake. (laughs) I've been all over your social media. Do you think I show up? No, I I show up to these things prepared. (laughs) Absolutely. I've been on your Instagram. I've been on your Facebook. I've been on your website.
0: Mm.
1: Come on, Sarah. This is the job, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, it it amazes me how many people don't do that kind of stuff, though, beforehand. But Mm -hmm. anyway, but yeah, when you brought up the cute pug, I was like, hmm... Was that a coincidence or did she see my cute pug?
1: (laughs) Come on, your pug is literally sitting, like there's a post just like the other day with a cute hat on your pug's head. It's adorable. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I pay attention. Uh
1: I pay attention. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I have like, so
0: I have one Instagram profile. But it's kind of like my personal one slash business one. So like half my posts are business related and half are personal. I don't know if that's the right way to do things. But I don't really want a million profiles per platform. So I just put it all on that one. But anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's good. I mean, I, you know, your your puck is adorable. And we we literally have one of the same pillows on our couch. So we share pillows oh. apparently too. <laughs>
0: So about the summit, I was actually going to ask you, but you beat me to it uh, about whether to do it free or paid. So what you're saying is to offer it free uh, and then to have like the VIP, like with extra Mm -hmm. content and whatnot. Okay. That makes sense. And then to have the affiliate program with that, like what, what platform do you recommend using for the affiliate program to like tie in and to be able to track? I know there's a million out there, but what, what do you recommend?
1: There's only two that I recommend. Mm-hmm. So right at the time that we're recording this, Thrivecart still has this really incredible deal where if you pay, I think it's like 450 bucks or something like that, you get lifetime access to it. Mm-hmm. And Thrivecart is an incredible platform. I really do like it for affiliate. If you can't afford the 450 or whatever the outlay for it is right now, then take a look at iDev affiliate. iDev affiliate is super basic, but it works. Okay. It's the workhorse. It doesn't have any of the bells and whistles. It doesn't even have a pretty website. Okay. It's basic, but it works. You hook it up, right? It works. The support answers their questions. It works. It tracks your stuff. It works. It's all you want, but, those are the two that I recommend because you're not always running an affiliate program. So if you're doing a summit and you're not going to do another summit for 6 months, you can sort of like stop your iDev account, right? Stop paying for it <laughs> cuz you don't need it and then restart it again when you need it, right? So, and unless mm-hmm. you want to keep your, you know, if you do affiliate marketing, you want to get into affiliate marketing 20, you know, all the time, then you can keep it going. But if you're going to do uh, affiliate marketing consistently and more than once, then I like Thrive Cart for that. I think it works really, really well. And I'd recommend one of the two.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was thinking iDev in particular. That's the one that I've been looking at mm-hmm. for when I start an affiliate program. Cause I guess it's easy to use. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one I just discovered called Lead Dino. I don't know if you've heard of it, but no, that never one, heard of it. That, that's the other. Okay. That's the other one I'm considering. I'm kind of looking at both of those. Yeah, Lead Dino.
1: Okay. On their website. Oh, you're on Lead Dino. I'll check it. Absolutely. I mean, you say it. I'm on it. So I'll check it out. It's important. I mean, what's important is that it connects. Always check before you get an affiliate system that it connects the software that you're currently using or that you plan to use. Right. So you have to make sure that it has the ability. So some of them don't. And you'll have to use something like Zapier being a third-party software that connects your landing page or your sales page software to the iDev or affiliate software that you're using, right? I liked iDev, iDev affiliate because it connected using a webhook to my ClickFunnels account and it also connected to my ActiveCampaign, so those made it easy for me. Thrivecart has integrations as well, so check the integrations of whatever it is that you're planning on using before you actually get it or do the demos, right? So a lot of them have free trials, 30-day trials, 14-day trials, et cetera. Take a look at those. And then also I always type in to Google best best affiliate software and then I'll put the name like our or, or lead dyno review and then the year 2021 or whatever year you're in at the time you're listening to this and then see what the reviews are. And get some really honest reviews. And by the way, look at the look who's doing the review. If it says LeadDino.com in the actual like <laughs> URL, probably best to look at an independent reviewer. But try and get some information. Do a little bit of your own due diligence before picking one of these providers. Okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, you've given a lot of input and advice on, especially summits in particular. I think. Because I had heard of them. I knew a little bit about them. I've been to some. I think I was actually a speaker for one recently, a podcast related one. And so I've been kind of curious about it and trying it out. So now I'm going to, now that I have more knowledge on it, (laughs) I'm going to look more into that and actually seriously consider it. Because, yeah, I didn't think about all those uh benefits that you had mentioned especially you know if you add an affiliate program into it and you can earn income as well
1: absolutely and there's so many other benefits just besides what i talked about the the jv relationships that you create the joint venture relationships those relationships with people it ups your copywriting skill it ups your you know how people see you as an expert it gets you more followers on instagram facebook linkedin it gets more subscribers on youtube just by the general nature of people starting to check you out, it increases your ability. I think I'm, I'm not sure if I mentioned copywriting. It ex- increases your ability to do video. It increases your ability to handle you know multiple projects at once. It's a huge up level in your business. You'll look back after some and go, "Holy crap, that was quite the you know that was quite the thing." And yeah, I'm exhausted, but man, did I ever up level my business? Mm. Wow, did I ever make some really cool relationships and friendships? I highly recommend them and you know, things, although they're kind of going back to normal, depending where you are in the world, not all places are in the happy place yet, right now in the world. But for those places that are getting back into their little happy place, we are still finding that the majority of events are happening online. Mm -hmm. They're just not being done in person and as much as they were as of yet. Will they ever? I don't know. But you know, one thing I do know, summits, they're here. Mm they're online, they're easily accessible. We can wear a nice shirt on top and, you know, PJ's on the bottom and we can just show up and those aren't going anywhere.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that because I'm actually wearing a nice shirt right now and they're not I'm not wearing PJ's on the bottom, but they're like sweatpants. Normally I do try to wear nice pants during these because you never know if like what if I have to get up for some reason, which has never happened? But I think about these things, and so. But today is like the first I'm time I've totally done wearing inter- the
1: sweatpants. <laughs> I'm rocking the sweatpants right now, and they have holes. Mm. But I'm wearing the blouse. Like I got the hair done and the makeup done. I mean, it's a it's it's you know corporate from the waist up, but it's party from the waist down. It's a good thing. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that is a good note to end on. And if people want to find out,
1: (laughs) if people want to find out. I'm sorry for being silly.
0: Oh, no, I appreciate it. It adds some, I don't know, flair or whatever to the podcast. So, (laughs) and so people can find you at systemtothrive.com and Mm -hmm. eventually jennywright.com when I guess things, you know when yes. that website gets yes, when, unhacked when it, or whatever
1: <laughs> and then it's, it's currently un it's currently unhacked but it looks like a hot mess so okay. if you go there it's not a representation of me per se so you know until it looks pretty go to system to thrivecom
0: okay yeah and then i'll have show notes at John.com forward slash jenny wright that's j-e-n-n-i-e w-r-i-g-h-t and it'll have links to everything we've talked about and whatnot so
1: i really appreciate your time today thanks for having me i hope i hope this was helpful to people thanks for the opportunity this was fun we had to giggle which is good it's always good to have a fun time uh, and Mm -hmm. have a little bit of levity in these things so i just really appreciate the chance to, to come and talk
0: well thank you so much yeah i've definitely learned a lot so i'm sure my audience has as well so i appreciate it Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohncom forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at
1: frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.